Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling and Loving It podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, your friend at homeschool.com and homeschool mom of six. Join us as we keep it real and chat about the ups and downs of this amazing adventure we call the homeschool life. So grab a cup of your warm favorite and a comfy chair and let's get started. Hello and welcome back to episode 30 of homeschool.com's Homeschooling and Loving It podcast. This week we have a special guest, one who's been here before and is always such an encouragement. I'd like to welcome Andrea Dillon from A to Z homeschooling.com. Hi, Andrea. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing good. Hanging in here. Great, great. So today we're going to talk about summer learning. And since, of course, summer is already upon us, isn't that crazy? I can't believe we're in May. I know. It feels like it was just, just January yesterday. Yes. <laughs> and maybe all the all the craziness of this year has some to do with that. I don't know. All right, so let's start with why um, summer learning is important. And I think that begins with what most people call the summer slide, which, you know, is is interesting and can be called a lot of different names, but for today, we'll just call it the summer (laughs) slide. So for those who are new and may not know exactly what that is, Andrea, would you mind just explaining what we mean by summer slide? Sure, summer slide is basically saying that if you don't use it you're going to lose it and so for kids with extended breaks like summer and things like that they will start to have some learning loss um, some of the research says that suggests that it can be weeks to months of a setback for some children while i was preparing for this podcast i found an article from educationnext.com that questioned if summer learning slide was real and the author an educator himself mentions the research was done on a 1980s uh, longitudinal study in Baltimore, Maryland. But anyway, the author tried to replicate this study to see if he could find similar learning gaps. But the bottom line was, do the kids still have a learning gap for those two months of math or two to three months of reading skills? And a good question. I mean, something that we could really have more recent research on, I'm sure. In my own opinion, I have found that my own children and even the kids when I was a classroom teacher were rusty when they came back from summer break school. So what's your opinion on that, Andrea? And what do you see in your own children and even in the classrooms that you had taught in? I think it's true to some extent. I mean, I I took Spanish in high school and in college and I cannot speak Spanish. So (laughs) we do know that over certain times of breaks, you do lose information, you do lose some of the knowledge that you did have. I do question the extent of just a few months, though. Um, I know when I was in the classroom, like you had said, a lot of kids would come back rusty. But for us, it was pretty quick turnover with the amount of actual loss that they had. We could refresh pretty quickly. And even with my own kids, sometimes just, you know, a couple words of remember it's this, this, and this. And, and that's all they need to spark, spark that memory and go. So I, I think it's kind of iffy on how much there's probably is some loss and it just makes it kind of rusty and hazy but I don't think it's a complete loss right not as serious as several months of learning loss yeah 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 I kind of feel the same way and with my own kids especially um like you said a little review usually gets us back going but even even with that in mind it's kind of what we're talking about today is um 
putting some practices in place that may help to even have help us not have to do as extensive of a review. Another point that I wanted to talk about today is the fact that there are thousands of parents that are temporarily homeschooling right now and that are very concerned about their children possibly facing some learning gaps or learning delays when they return to school in the fall. But my gut response to that is just to realize that kids are really resilient, that they learn from so many more things than just a classroom or a textbook. Along those same lines, don't you think summer is a really good time for these concerned parents possibly just continue some learning activities? Exactly, and just letting them know that learning comes from everywhere and just being conscious of putting more educational effort in front of them, putting something in front of them that's more educational. Right, and it doesn't have to be like intense. That's really what I wanted us to help parents understand uh, with this podcast was that learning can just be fun stuff. It can be light. It can be short periods of time. It doesn't have to be extensive or hours long every day. Absolutely. All learning should be fun stuff, really. Yes, I I agree. If we really want to do it correctly. Absolutely. Which brings us to the fun stuff, right? So how do you handle summer learning in your homeschool, Andrea? We would learn all the time in different ways. I don't call us your round schoolers as we drop our primary curriculum at the end of June, but we start to learn through different methods. And I use more, not necessarily child-led, but child-picked activities. Um, from choices I may give them, and a lot more outdoor time when weather permits, and hands-on, even more so than we normally do, just more fun, investigative kind of learning, especially for the summer. We do kind of similar at our homeschool as well. We've done a lot of different things in the past, and of course, as the child ages, and you know, things change, <laughs> obviously, yes. so mine are now like uh, preteen and teen, so we are looking into this year maybe doing some online classes that are a virtual uh, summer camp type online class. So I just sent the link to both my girls and I told them, you guys pick something out that you want to do that's just super interesting. So kind of the same thing that you're doing with child picked activities. And it's stuff like art or maybe a skill that they really wanted to do and, and try their hand at. So, and then we usually throw in maybe a little bit of online learning in areas where they've struggled with during the year. So my one daughter really has a big struggle with math. And so it's something that we usually have to continue during the summer. That one's not as fun, but I do try to find ways that make that a little bit more engaging and interesting than... Exactly. We also like museums. I don't have a a lot of where we're located we don't have a lot locally but when we travel we hit a lot of them and most of our travel tends to be the end of summer beginning of fall and so we, we tend to hit most of those kinds of excursions in summer <laughs> right another thing i've noticed that helps my kids a little bit is that i don't really call what we do in the summer like schooling or homeschool because it just immediately shuts them down or just like yeah oh uh-uh <laughs> i'm not doing that <laughs> So I avoid that. And then, of course, they seem to do better if I start out summer by giving them a break. Just do what you enjoy. And then they tend to come back a little bit more motivated. (laughs) But I found breaks do help. We do a break like that normally at the 
end of June or beginning of June when we stop our regular curriculum. Yes. And it's more for mommy than for children because I need that I need those couple weeks just to get our portfolio and everything else because that's how we report to our state. And so they right. get a nice break just from all of it and I'm head down trying to get everything put together and polished off and set for review. So <laughs> that's when we normally take our break. Mom needs breaks. Even yes. more than the kids, I think. Yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Another thing I was going to mention, if you are going to do any type of learning, you would change it up for summer. Yeah, we do. Um, we, we drop our regular curriculum and we mm-hmm. tend to go bigger and messier in the summer <laughs> to make it more fun. It started when my kids were younger. The messier and more outdoors that we could do things, the better they would engage in it. So we would break out chalks and paint and do spelling on the sidewalk or the trampoline or in the mud or wherever it would be somewhere that we normally wouldn't be doing this. And then because it's summer, we could break out the water hose and everyone gets wet during cleanup. And that makes it even more fun because while they're working on it, they know they're learning, but they also know that we're going to get to do water play after this. And so that really helped. Now that they're older, we tend to get more in science investigations. If we go on hikes or just walks or we're outside, one of my children will find something they don't know about and they want to know about. And that tends to spur into more educational things. Both of my kids really like to build things and try to create things too. So on summer days, they tend to wander into the woods or into our yard and create something magical that I wouldn't even thought of. And so the, just the freedom for them to practice their own physics and engineering on their own is a big part of our, our summer stuff. It's so great for kids to be able to use their imagination and their creativity. And in all of that, just like you said, they're practicing physics skills. They're learning. They wouldn't have a clue that they're really learning, but we yes. we can see it. We can see that they're applying things that they're learning in school to their play and just being creative oh i love it because i feel like our children in general are losing that creativity and imagination you know staying inside and playing video games though there's nothing wrong with those things i mean i think they have their place too but get just the good old-fashioned get outside and like you said build something create something i think that's i think that's awesome my, my kids actually do a little bit of both i have two gamers as yeah. <laughs> and and so um a lot of the games that my son likes to play has physic aspects to them with building and creating and he'll take some of the things that he learned from video games and then recreate them that's cool and so it's it's a nice balance of both i was hesitant with video game learning until i watched it happen <laughs> and yeah. it's amazing some of the things that i would have never thought of had that has an educational component to it that, that he has taught me and the translation that can go from I mean the, the physics they may not know the, the physics terms but they can explain it right, <laughs> and right. they can tell you exactly how it related across the board from the game to real life and it's amazing to watch right and I completely agree with you I wasn't <laughs> yeah, okay. trying to dismiss gaming but I feel like there's a place where sometimes um there's not that balance. And I think what you're, what you're saying is a perfect balance of it. I think it's great. I would love to encourage 
my children to get outside and do a little bit more just straight up creative play like that but I'm trying <laughs> some days we do good some days we don't mine are getting older and so these things are kind of top of mind to me now that I have I shouldn't say this I've I have six children four have graduated already so I have two left and the older one of those two that are left is in ninth grade now so now I'm again once again thinking about that transcript some of the ways we can get creative with volunteering and electives and things like that so summer is a really great way to kind of bring in the volunteer hours and even like classes on a new skill or art classes music classes (laughs) weaving classes (laughs) They're perfect for electives and putting those on your high school transcript. So I just wanted to throw that out there. You know, sometimes we get into the regular, what we would call the school term. We get really busy and it's hard to pull in those really fun electives and give them the broad scope (laughs) that they really deserve. Especially if it's something your kids enjoy. Yes. It's hard for them to carve the time out to really focus on it. For some, being able to drop off some of those poor things, letting them do more of those other things is really important. More freedom. More freedom in their day. You know, we're we're talking about fun learning activities that we can do this summer and kind of sneaking in that summer learning to keep the kids from getting rusty. Very simple, straightforward idea is reading. Reading books. It's a very easy way to continue learning during the summer and keeping your brain sharp, things fresh. Are your kids avid readers or do you have to kind of get them motivated? I have one that is starting to become a reader like her mommy. My son's still very reluctant. He tends to read in spurts and he he is my audiobook kid though. He will devour audiobooks like water. So, and he gets that from me too. I love them as well, but... I have to nudge him. We do participate in our summer reading program through our library, and we're lucky enough that they have, all, they encompass all ages, do the toddler program, school age, tweens, teens, and adults. And so we all can participate in some way. And that helps because we'll, we'll even have little challenges amongst ourselves <laughs> just in our house since we're all participating just to see who can who can do what and who can read and, and what we can find and, and sharing new books that we find that fit. the the bingo card for our summer library program and so that's always fun homeschool.com also puts out a summer reading challenge program too so if anybody's interested in that you'll find that on our website reading is great and i'm with you i have some reluctant readers myself my youngest has dyslexia you know it's challenging for her so i have to really get her motivated to even crack open a book audiobook are definitely a good way to kind of get the reading experience in when they're not motivated to do it themselves. And it helps get them interested especially when you find the series that has the first two on audiobook but that oh. third one's not that left at a cliffhanger that makes them more apt to want to pick up that book and see what happened absolutely <laughs> i love a, that this is the way i have found <laughs> yes perfect idea absolutely i am so gonna try that andrea <laughs> I know that we probably have a lot of listeners that are year-round homeschoolers. I just wanted to bring that up. I feel like year-round homeschooling and even uh, doing a summer learning, they're very close, very kin to each other. So I did want to mention that. Andrea, have you ever year-round homeschooled? Nothing that I would call official. When the children were younger, I had two curriculum plans or programs that I really liked. And so... We would kind of homeschool year-round and use one during school year time and then one during the summer, but not as intensely. It would be, you know, a couple times a week instead of an everyday thing. 
but still it wasn't something that I ever really considered a year round. <laughs> right, right. I think my brain just fits into that we school all the time and we're just kind of relaxed on that. That's that's pretty much the same thing that I do. But I do have some friends who do it. I'm really quite impressed. Instead of just like a regular weekly schedule, they typically drop off a day every week. So they're more like four day homeschoolers and then they take longer breaks throughout the year. It's kind of cool. I'm not sure if I would ever be able to do it. <laughs> I kind of yeah, like swapping things. Crazy. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like swapping things out in the summer, just doing something different. I, I need that different. A change is good to make when you start back, or at least for us, when we start back in the fall, we kind of start to look forward to it again. Exactly. <laughs> like we've had that sense. break and we're like, oh, okay, now we, we move into this part of the, the year. And it's, it almost becomes traditional. And then, okay, this is our traditional start day and we're going to go back to this now and we look forward to it. And you know, we have our little traditions we do. And I think that's that helps a lot. As we start to wrap things up, do you have any favorite summer learning experiences that you've tried oh that was that was absolutely awesome I want to share that we try to create our favorite games in new ways and take them outside I started this when I taught preschool for years I made a huge candy land with just laminated construction paper as places for the board we would put it throughout the building or in our our playground and I kind of took that into my homeschooling when I started and it's kind of become a challenge for the kids and I every year to see what kind of game we can recreate outside and make it larger or make it different um last year we did Yahtzee in the pool we found some foam dye that were at the um, Dollar Tree and we just used a coffee can as our shaker and we laminated all our boards so we could use dry erase markers to do our to keep our numbers and do math practice but we don't call it that exactly (laughs) and we played Yahtzee in the pool for hours had a blast and that's something that they've even mentioned this year when we start to get warm enough again and so I'm just just taking something that is already kind of sort of educational but fun and then putting a twist on it is always a great idea and one of the things I love to do great idea I think that's cool it's something that we could even do without a pool obviously it just happened. And so it was really simple to just laminate my pieces and as, and as many as you want to. And you can play any game you want to. It doesn't have to be Candyland with it. You can, you know, do any board game mm-hmm. in that, that sense. Summer learning, we know, is never a bad idea, no matter what way you interpret it and how you put it into practice. But the key, I think both of us, Andrea and I, have tried to really point out is that you need to relax, enjoy the summer, and have fun while learning. And that looks like a lot of different things. It can come in many shapes and sizes. As we wrap it up, Andrea, do you have any final words of encouragement or tips for keeping the kids learning this summer? Just make it low stress and have fun. Yes. Remember, we're always learning, especially with homeschoolers. Everything you do has a learning aspect. And it may not be one of your core subjects that you think about when you immediately think about schooling, but that doesn't make it any less important. It's socialization. It's gross motor skills. they're, They're always learning something. Don't get bogged down by the thought of having to make it fit math, science, any part of that. Just have fun with it. Thank you, Andrea. I appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I hope we get to have you back soon. Thank you to our listeners for joining us on the Homeschooling and Loving It podcast. And Andrea and I both wish everyone a summer full of learning adventure and lots of fun. Until next time, Jamie.